Yeah. Um, it's uh, like Alex, did you plug your microphone in? I thought I did, unless this is not. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought this is the right one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it's not. It's not. It's not the recording. Knobs. Do we need to knob the knobs? Uh, knob the knobs. Knob. No, this those knob knobs are knobbed. Uh, which ones? Are is our is our soundboard dead? Uh, no, I mean it's blinking. This one's blinking, but the other one's not blinking. Mine is working. Yours is oh. not. Oh, did my, you? My microphone's not on. <laughs> well, there's your problem. <laughs> hey, everybody. Wasn't that a hilarious uh, cold open that you just listened to? <laughs> Alex is going to refuse to upload that, that cold open. Hi, folks. Welcome. My name's Alex. <laughs> I'm Nick. I'm Elise. And, and this is our podcast, and you're listening to it. Yay. And we're, we're back after a long hiatus. Yeah, so part of that hiatus was planned. Part of it was not. So we've got, like, about a month of things oh, to God, catch up on. Oh, God, we have so much Jesus. shit to talk about. A lot about. has okay. happened. So some of that was because of the holidays, and we didn't want to record over the holidays, and... So, I don't know if you guys knew this, but we're not sponsored and we don't have a Patreon, yeah. so like, we don't have to do this. What we do, okay, we do we out choose. of love. Yeah, <laughs> we choose to be here. Be grateful for what you get. <laughs> um, However, if you'd like to support us, yes, <laughs> if you'd like to support us, uh, um, send us r- an email. <laughs> set, write a check made out to cash <laughs> at the at the specified location. Dod not accepted. <laughs> you guys remember that yeah. in the nineties? Yeah, remember the nineties? Yeah. With uh, I still don't know what that meant. Like I never understood what I that meant. I mean cash on delivery. Oh. So like I guess I guess sometime before the year of nineteen ninety. Before the invention of be- credit cards. Before the invention of credit cards, you could just uh pay for things. Like you could pay your you know, you could order something from a catalog or a television infomercial. And you could just pay cash when it was delivered to you. Mm. Um, I think a lot of people realize like they got fucked over. Like I feel like there's there's a lot of dominoes that could happen in that system. <laughs> I mean, they probably want to be paid first before the yeah, delivery yeah. of goods and or services. The the extraction, the value extraction, as Be- Peter Coffin would say. Before before you get your uh, cassette tape of the, the greatest the, hits, the, the very best of uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta, you gotta pay for that shit. Yeah. So, so anyway, cash up what, front. <laughs> that's what uh, COD was. So that's that's how you got your Kenny Kenny D CDs. Yeah, yeah, Kenny yeah. D. <laughs> Kenny G. Was this the uh, was this the knockoff Kenny G? Yes, Kenny the knockoff Kenny G. Instead of playing the uh, the soprano sax, he played. He plays the oboe. The oboe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sensual <laughs> oboe. So. <laughs> Yeah, the oboe is the heart of the symphony orchestra. So uh... something has to be, I guess. Don't don't know enough about symphony music to make uh, man, a joke. Man, it sure ain't the clarinet. Ho, symphonic bird. Uh, okay, I'm giving you a yeah. high five for that. I'm not sure you deserved it, but the clarinet is the backbone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, the oboe. Welcome to well, our symphony podcast. Um, we are going to be debating for the next three yeah. hours about whether or not the triangle is considered an orchestral instrument. It's literally a toy. <laughs> yes, but right. where else are you going to get the tinkles from? <laughs> 
By that logic, <laughs> though, the cannon is also a symphonic <laughs> instrument. So that is true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I love music. Uh, I heart the 18. What do we talk about on this podcast, man? <laughs> oh, we haven't. God. So so yeah. It's a very loose form. If you're new around here, yeah. We just sort of say things. We shout mouth sounds into a microphone. We do. And, Hope some things land. So y'all are in for a, a nice ride, as we've been you doing usually this, are. We've been doing this now for about a year, and nothing has landed so far. But eventually, it's got to come down. Hey, we got 100 listens maybe once, <laughs> and only like All 70 right. of them were bots. <laughs> so we did a lot of things over the month. We, we did. And one of the first things we did was watch in its entirety... The 10 oh, hours Jesus of Christ. Marble Hornets. We did. I left. So for the record, for podcast listeners at home. For the I, podcast record. For the podcast record. If it please the podcast court. <laughs> I will submit that on that redacted day where, where we just watched, I actually like left. Like I couldn't take it anymore. I like left and like went and had lunch or something with a friend of mine. And then I came back, and, and we they were still, were still watching, watching it. it. They were still watching it. So I was like, you you left the you left at like the beginning of season three, and yeah, left yeah. and came back at the end of season three. So, so yeah. you had no idea what was going and on. I was like, what the what the fuck so. is this? What did I miss? And they were like, we refuse to tell you. <laughs> it <laughs> would you, take you the we, exact amount of time <laughs> that it took you to leave and come back. <laughs> So basically, yeah, this was an idea that Alex had um, around the time that we were watching. And all great ideas come from Alex. Yeah, well, for this podcast. Um, so he had this. Uh, they had this idea that we would uh, watch all of Marvel Hornets in its entirety around the time of around Halloween. So we decided that we would take. And a if day. you know us, yeah, we did that, and we we shot for around Halloween. And it was done in late Dece- December. Well, it was it was planned around December that we would do it around December. Oh, okay. It was, yeah. it was okay. Well, we'll do it because we knew we'd everyone would have some time. time. Yeah, around the holidays, yeah. and so we're like, okay, we'll do it on this day. And so the day came up, and I was like, okay, well, yeah. So, Alex, how long is is Marvel Hornets in its entirety? And Alex is like, I don't know. I'll have to look. Yeah. And we looked, and it was so you, you said something like six to eight hours. Yeah. So because the DVDs I have do not have like a time runtime yeah. on them, um, I went to like the internet to see, well, how long does it take to watch Marvel Hornets entirety? And like this was some kind of Reddit post or something, and someone was like, oh, somewhere between six to eight hours, depending on if you watch all the the to the arc stuff. Uh, and it's like, okay, well, let's shoot for eight hours, but assume it's going to take longer. And it took what, like 11? It took about 11. It was a lot. <laughs> there was a lot. It was worth you know, it. I remember that day. I like went, I had dinner with my mom. I watched an entire Broadway show yes. on PBS. That's right. <laughs> and I came back and they were still watching Marble Hornets. Well- to be fair to Marble Hornets, it's meant to be watched over the course of five years. Yeah. I, I don't I don't even know. And for some reason, Alex wanted to watch all of it in a single day. BT Debs, I saw um, the great performances version of Irving Berlin's uh, Holiday Inn. Very much recommend. <laughs> if you're into musicals, especially from the golden age of Broadway, it's a very solid choice. Mm-hmm. All right. That's, that's what I have to add to the conversation. Okay. But you did watch the first two seasons. I did watch the first. I still do not understand it. Also, where was the Slender Man? He was all over the place. I saw him like three times. Yeah. I was expecting more Slender Man. <laughs> I was promised. I mean, there's, there's probably more Slender Man in this than there is in the Slender Man movie. there was 
Slender Man in the Holiday Inn on Irving Berlin. <laughs> Irving Berlin's Holiday Inn. What are you on stage? He was in the background of every scene. I mean, <laughs> you you had very ominous. It, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, it's it's the origin of Slender Man. Yeah, you know, the shows. operator. The operator is what they call it. Um, and so you know it. Uh, I've seen it in its entirety before, yes. and. You, I watched most of it, and we kept getting to parts where I'm like, I think this is about where I stopped, and then I would, we'd watch a few more episodes, and I would remember an episode, and be like, no, I definitely saw this one. So I, not- I think you need that kind of background though, because I had never, I had never even heard of this, because I don't do creepy tube, and I don't really do like a lot of Reddit, and so I had never even heard of this before. You guys like were like, oh, we're gonna watch Marble Hornets. Um, and I, I feel like that's probably why I was so flippant about watching it. Sure, sure. (laughs) But yeah, I was, I don't know. I definitely got to a point when I was watching it originally where I'm like, I think that's enough Marvel Hornets. And then I kind of stopped watching and like it would update and it'd be like, oh, I should check out that update. And then there got to be two or three updates on that list. And I'm like, I'm not doing Marvel Hornets anymore, am I? (laughs) Um... But you stuck with it. I stuck with it, and we watched it all the way through. Um, I don't know. I, I I guess I'm glad I watched all of it so that at least I've seen the whole thing now. Mm. But, like, it kind of ends in such a way where it's like it doesn't – and nor should it answer all the questions. No. But that's kind of why I'm like, you know, you could basically just drop off at any point, and it's probably fine. <laughs> Like there's a, there will always be more questions to answer. Like it's, and it's not going to be like lost or anything like that where they just try to like cram in some answers that don't really Mm. make sense. Mm. But I mean, you know, it does have a climactic end. That's true. It it does come to some kind of resolution, not a complete one, but you know, it, it does, you know, try to end the story of the investigation. Yeah. Um, with <clears throat> the main character uh, giving up and saying, no, I want no part of this anymore. But at this point, everything's, you know. So it, it's, if you stop in the middle, like the original intent of Marble Hornets was to just go for one season. Mm-hmm. Like they were going to do one season. And then at that point, the main, you know, the main protagonist was going to say, I want no more part of this. I'm stopping the, the show and we're going to end it there. Um but then, you know, it was so, you know, popular that they continued it in the second season. Actually, I think the second season was my, is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's it's kind of done with uh, a look back to where there was a nine month, was it like a seven or nine month period where they weren't posting anything. And then all of a sudden the first post comes up and it's Jay waking up in a hotel with no memory of the past seven months. And then the whole season is going back through these tapes that he had made about understanding what had actually happened. Yeah. And so that that is probably my favorite part of it. The third season, you know, at times it could get a bit bloated. Some of the episodes did go on for a while. There were a couple episodes where it would be like, this is from one character's perspective, and this is the same shot from another character's perspective. Yeah. Um, and that could get a bit tedious at times. But in all, in, in all the investigation and the relations between you know, Jay and Tim... Uh, become the kind of driving factor. And I, I, I do think it did a good job with that. And this is 
like early days of YouTube, right? So there wasn't Relatively, really yeah. like I a mean, way to, for them to monetize this. 2009 to 2014. Um, okay, so not that early. Not that early. Uh, and they were monetizing it. That's how the people that did it were able to do it. Okay. Right, but I, like, I don't think that I ever saw an ad. I did. Really? Uh, mm-hmm. they, they weren't like the, the ads that came ahead of time, but they were like the bottom ads. Mm. Like they would pop up. And, uh, oh, true, 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 true. But that's true, like... That's yeah. less money, and it's less intrusive. Yeah. But, you know, it's still something. Yeah. And, I mean, then they sold the DVDs after mm-hmm. the yeah. first season. Yep. That is true. I don't know. It's a thing. It's a thing that exists it's on the thing. internet. It's a thing that you can watch for free on YouTube in its entirety. Or you can buy, for whatever reason, three whole DVDs. Or a Blu-ray. Or a Blu-ray. I don't it's actually true. know if you can still. Uh, honestly, I really haven't checked since the, the group that put oh. it together fell apart. Let's see. Um but uh but yeah no it's it's something that was near and dear to my heart and since it, at least at one point it had been near and dear to your yeah. uh i figured that it was only only right that we should watch it together and, yeah no it was a lot of fun i i did enjoy it and again it got kind of to the point where i dropped off at season three and i'm like yeah i'm seeing why i kind of stopped around here yeah um but yeah the second se- the, the first two seasons are really solid and then like I don't know. I just feel like the third season is just like, well, we got to finish this somehow, but let's just stretch this out for as long as we possibly can. Because I feel like there was a lot of stuff where, like, like a lot of episodes where the plot doesn't really advance. Too but there much. are fair episodes where they do. And, That's true. You know, That's like, true. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying that there's not. I'm just saying like that third season could have been like half the length, and we would have gotten basically the same story. Uh, Marvel Hornets Blu-ray. Let me look. Um, so I know Elise, you're not mm-hmm. you're not like a horror fan. Yeah. So did you just when you were watching what you did see have like no yeah. interest in it at all, or was it something that still um, took your interest? Or I think it was like I I thought the initial story. I'll tell you where it lost me. Okay. Um, I was I was fairly invested, and I can't remember <clears throat> if this is like when. I left and came back or, or what. But uh, the part where I was like, I was very done was, um, I forget who it was, but it was the, whoever was the one that was in the hotel without any knowledge. Jay. And then Jay like stalks the guy to his therapist office. Tim. Yeah. That's and he, a, yeah. And, and he like is just waiting outside the therapist office for Tim to come back out. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm fucking done. Like, I, I didn't know. I was just like, I'm, I can't. Because, <clears throat> like, before that, like, I felt like the season one, it's not something that I would, like, sit and binge. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely something I could have, had I been more involved with, like, creepy tube or horror tube, whatever you want to call it, um, or Reddit um, at the time. And especially, like, in 2009, like, I was in college. I was definitely, like, watching a lot of YouTube. Um, so like how to, come we don't across. watch YouTube anymore. And I don't watch YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> we like literally just finished watching Peter Coffin video, um, before we started watch, before we started the podcast. But it's one of those things where I think if I'd had the nostalgia factor, mm-hmm. I would have been more interested in it, but I felt like as an outsider coming to this, I feel like that's really all it's got going for it. That's fair. That's fair. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh- I'm also like. I just, I had a cold, like, yeah. last week. You're so hearing the like... reasons why we didn't record last week. Yeah, which is, I had the flu. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, 
the the DVDs are still for sale, and you can get digital downloads. Oh, okay. um, but did, it's all on YouTube. Yeah, but it's all on YouTube, so I don't know why you would want to pay for the digital downloads. That's kind of for a weird thing. the extras and uh, for the uh... <laughs> no. The, well, you, you can get the digital download, like the Blu-ray extras, are a separate digital download. <laughs> okay. Um. So I don't know. Um. <coughs> but uh, yeah. So you can you can still purchase those things should you wish. Um. What else do we wa- do we do? We did a lot. We uh, also we also watched. Oh God, are we talking about Area Eighty Eight? Oh yeah. So, I don't remember it. <laughs> I mean, it was New Year's. It was oh, New Year's. Oh, shit. I remember it. Then I explain it. I remember it very well. Okay. Explain it. <laughs> so, uh, because we did, we're, we're, we're really lame. It's the Count um, of Monte Cristo with airplanes. <laughs> it is, though. It is. It is the Count of Monte Cristo with airplanes. I made that comment. <laughs> that was mine. Stealing our jokes. <laughs> yeah. Don't steal my jokes. No, so we're, like, really... We're really cool people. So New Year's Eve, instead of like going out, we decided to stay at home and watch this um, terrible anime. It was an anime. What are they called? Where it's like uh, OVA. OVA. It's yeah. not quite a movie, but it's not quite a show, kids. Yeah, <laughs> technically, it was three OVAs that they recut into two movies. Yeah. Yes. And we watched the first of those we, two. We watched the first of the two movies, and so basically, it's about this. The Japan's top pilot goes abroad to France to study, and then after a day of hard drinking, gets sold into military slavery for not the French Foreign Legion in the middle of the, the Middle East. Yeah, in the middle of the East. <laughs> um. So he. So he can basically like either. Uh, serve five years? Yeah, I think it's five years. <clears throat> or um, pay some exorbitant amount of money. Which he earns from shooting down planes and tanks and things like that. And once he gets all of his money, he can buy his freedom. He can go back to Japan to his lady love. The reason why I kept saying it was like the Counting Mountain Cristo with airplanes is because, one, it's like his fake friend is the one that sells sells him uh, in Counting Mountain Cristo. It's like into prison in this. It's into some sort of not French foreign legion. Um, and like the, one of the reasons why is cause the friend wants to be with his girlfriend, his fiance. So that way he can marry into the company and run everything. Yeah. Cause she is like the heiress of this airplane. The one airplane. <laughs> it's, an air, it's an airline. airline. It's an airline. The one airline in all of Japan. It's not the one airline, but it's like, but it's an airline it's company. A, it, yeah. It's a very, yeah. very profitable company. I feel like company. if he was banging like the Delta Airlines heiress or something like that's the Virgin Virgin. The Virgin Virgin! Yes! <laughs> Up top. I, I feel dirty for doing that. <laughs> I feel worse about that than the one from earlier. Jesus. It changed the high five. <laughs> Soiled. I'm going to have to wash this hand after this after this podcast. <laughs> so it's it's his exploits and the exploits of all the other pilots. As, as, they, they... as they murder <laughs> faceless random henchmen in some... Civil War, which we don't understand, yeah. like, the stakes or start or anything about. Oh, and you never will, I think, right? <laughs> I don't Unless know. we watch the second one. We'll need to watch the second one to find out. Yeah. Um, because one of, like, the, the headquarters commander is, like, the son of the rebel leader. It's his terrible secret! <laughs> so, t- Alex, why don't you tell our listeners at home 
why we watch this movie on New Year's Eve. Um, well, because I found it at a con, and I was like, this looks like 80s jank. It's going to be awesome. Some dude in a trench coat basically <laughs> told Alex, like, hey, kid, hey, kid if you want a good time, you and your friends should watch this on, on the dubbed version. And I'm glad we did. <laughs> and that, that man in a trench coat is a hero. There, there was, I will say, there is one really amazing thing about this, and that is the song that plays at the yes, beginning. That is true. I do love the song. Um, and I can't remember how it went. <laughs> but you remember But really. I remember it was amazing. <laughs> it, it sounded like a real song. Like, it that's did. the problem. It's it like, did. I was listening to it the whole time, and I was like, oh my god, is this like some song from the 80s? Like that I, you it, know, like that I, I've heard on various it, radio stations and it's like, no, it's, it's not. It's just for this like random anime that nobody ever watched. It was not Kenny Loggins. It was not. Yeah. It, it was sounded not, like him, but it wasn't. It definitely sounded like Kenny Loggins. Speaking Japanese. No, but it wasn't in Japanese. I mean, not all of it yeah, was. Some yeah, of it yeah. was in English, but some of it was. Uh, okay. But I'm, I think my favorite part of it was that it like preempts the plots of other films. Yeah. yeah. It, what were some of the things where we we're like, oh my god, that's just like blank. <laughs> yeah. I think one of them was like you mentioned speed. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, we yeah. Talked about it. it was like speed. It was like Counter Monte Cristo. It was like um How was it like speed? I honestly don't know. Well, remember. because there was a bomb on the plane and if it went below a certain altitude it would if blow we were up. below yeah. If the if the <laughs> right. bots goes below Right. God, that was stupid. You don't remember that? <laughs> no, I remember. And then he locked eyes with his lady love. Yeah, and I called it, and I was like, oh, man, they're only going to stare at each other through the window. And you're like, that's not going to happen. That's dumb. I'm <laughs> that's like, dumb. You <laughs> watch. <laughs> it's going to happen. And, and it, it almost didn't. It, it almost didn't. didn't happen. It went on for, like, more beats of it not happening than I was comfortable <laughs> with. And then they turned, and they stared at each other. And it was like, <gasps> this, like, moment. And, yeah. That was it. Uh, there was also another one. Oh, God. What was it? It was like... Well, I pulled up the opening. <laughs> it was like... Are we going to get in trouble if we play part of the opening? Does anybody who's care? Gonna, a, who's going to find us? B, who's going to care? <laughs> Let's live dangerously, guys. Oh, this is like a... Oh, no. This is like a new one. Never mind. It, is oh, that like damn. a disco remix? I don't... It's, no, it's a new... It's the new show. They, no! Like, oh, that's right. They did make no! an anime remake. They did make an anime of it in, like, the, the 2000s. But oh, okay, this isn't, like, 2019. We're no. getting Area 88. <laughs> Although, apparently, it was super popular somewhere at some time because there was a... Is it? Uh, Hold on, let me see. But, no, don't... Turn that off. Turn, turn no. that shit off. Because, like... <laughs> cause I like, want that song! All right, you know what we're going to do? Because uh, through the power of audio editing, we don't have to blow out can, our speakers. <laughs> we can just add the song in Fine. now. Do we have that... Oh, now. Alright, there you go. Yeah. So that was a short clip from the song. Hopefully, hopefully we've actually managed to find it. Oh god. I hope you take out the part where I'm like, wait, do we have that power? <laughs> nope, that that and, the, that and the commentary of it is staying in. He's took out, he's <laughs> taken out the first one, but not the second one. Damn it! 
And how did it end? Because it ended with like it, a super cheesy. Because it ends with him. He <laughs> crashes his plane. Like so Catch twenty two. That was the other. Oh uh, yeah, catch twenty two. Yeah, but that's not preempting it. Yeah, yeah. But okay, so he gets. So the 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 other guy, the rival for his lady love finds out that he's still alive through these really contrived means. I think they find like a magazine that has a story that's written by a by a, a journalist yeah. at, the, at the beginning. There's a journalist there and Who he dies. gets killed for like basically no reason. Yeah. Cuz he's like I'm going to go up in the air and everyone's like that's a dumb idea. And he's like I'm going to do it anyway. You know, I remember what it was is cuz I have to understand how the protagonist thinks. I have to, I I have to see to, inside his head. I have to know what he feels when he goes up there. <laughs> and so and he went he up dies. there and got and shot. Yeah. So that's what he feels like. He feels dead. <laughs> Big but deal. before he died, he wrote an article for some for some magazine. Yeah. It was like their version of Time or something. And I love the 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 my favorite thing about that scene. I don't know why two weeks later I remember this because like there was English writing in it to make oh, it yeah. look like it was yeah, a real. Yeah, magazine. We stopped it. Yeah, but it, no, yeah. So we paused it because we were like, "What the hell does that say?" <laughs> and so we paused it, and it was just like the card that you get in the middle of a cat- of a magazine that says, "If you want to subscribe, send us a check for this amount of money." <laughs> this address and it's like that's the story because <laughs> it's right below a picture of well the this character. is an english newspaper it's got to have english writing i guess but yeah so so, so they get an out. english newspaper and find some writing which why also were they in paris when they found that magazine no why they were in it? japan no, they were no. in japan they were in japan that just raises further questions <laughs> anyway so that's why the the lady love had to go to paris to then go to tel aviv to right. then go to aslan or whatever it's called yeah. this mysterious no other no country. no you're wrong because they find it they find it when they're in, they i'm pretty sure because they find it when they're in japan and then she's like on the way back to they find it when they're in paris because she's like on the way back to japan i'm stopping at tel aviv so we can go find him because like that's the thing she's already in paris i think mm, i don't think so okay. but it doesn't Maybe really I think matter the, pl- the plot of this movie doesn't matter <laughs> it doesn't really matter um, so so but you should still watch it so the pilot it's, it's pretty fun. so the, the 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 rival for the lady love finds out that the main character is still alive and so he sends a an assassin slash mercenary jet fighter pilot. Yeah. Who's apparently been at this base before. Yeah, he was a previous uh, mercenary back, there. Back to the base to shoot this guy down in the middle of a mission that they're supposed to be on, mm. I guess. Why doesn't he just kill him and, like, earlier who knows mother with a pillow well, like why is that never well because you have to have plausible deniability so he can escape with his plane i mean that's, that's i a... guess but he also does get on over the radio and explains why he's shooting him down i guess so like yeah. <laughs> well i mean you gotta explain so the audience knows. i guess but we already knew that <laughs> we knew that he hired an assassin and then the next scene this mysterious guy comes up and he makes these weird eyes at him Sort of like those three, like, African pilots who show up. Oh, yeah, in the first set. And they're like, did they die? Where did they go? Like, we don't know. Because there's a whole bunch of planes that get shot down, like, right after they're introduced. I guess they're dead. Why are they making such a big deal about them? And then they appear again. And then you see them again later, and then they do nothing. (laughs) They threaten. They threaten the main character for, like, ten seconds, and then everyone else has his back. And then they're just, see you later, movie. Bye. So they totally do this thing, though, in... Is I feel like a lot of anime in the 90s had this problem. And even, quite frankly, anime today. Where it was like, they kept making eyes. Yeah. And you kept making eyes. And it's like, are they going to fuck? <laughs> like, what they're the either going to fuck or they're going to fight. Like, that's what that always means in anime. It's yeah. going to be one of the two. Sometimes it's both. That is true. So, that is true. so 
since we've we've talked about this in like scattershot yeah. means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's so go back to what we were talking about. Let's get to the end. All right, talk about the end, and then okay. there's something else so at the beginning. Guy, I want to talk about. The guy shoots the main character down, and so mm. he's out in the middle of the desert, and he's like, "Oh my god, I'm going to die!" But then he realizes, "I can just desert." Because at the beginning of the movie, we're told that that's actually the third way of getting out is just leaving. And it's like, well, why doesn't anyone just take that option? Because then you get shot down. I guess, <laughs> the, I guess the idea is that then you'd get killed, but he tries to desert at some point in the movie and nothing happens. Because everyone else has his back. And then he just goes back to being well, a fighter pilot. That's because the, the, the three African pilots that, that were there were actually there to kill anyone that tries it's to the desert. Yeah, and guess. then they said, okay, no, don't kill him. But then they leave. So why does it, like, what's preventing him from just leaving the I, base after they're gone? I don't know. Because clearly everyone else there is supporting honor, him. Leaving. Honor among pilots, I, I guess. guess. Pilot thieves. I guess. So, so he gets shot down. And he's like, fuck this. I'm just going to leave. Like, I'm out in the middle of the desert. Everyone thinks I'm dead. I'm just going to walk. And he walks and he walks and he walks. And we think he's going to die. And then eventually he winds up back at the, the same airbase that he took off from. And he's like, no! <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. And that's why we kept saying it was also like Catch-22. Because it was like, you could never leave. Yeah. yeah. But or the I've, Hotel California. Or the my, Hotel California. My favorite, like, the, the shots of the dogfights were actually really well done. It was done. really well animated. Yeah. So the animation was not the any quality problem there. But, it was just everything else. <laughs> <laughs> but I think my favorite fight, like, all the fights kind of blend together a little bit, even though they were well shot. Yeah. But I think my favorite fight was one of the early ones where they're attacking this base, and they, like, they have to fly low so they don't get attacked <laughs> oh, by God, the... Yeah, this... They get caught by the radar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the enemy commander is like, raise the fence. And then, like, out of the sand, this giant steel fence <laughs> just raises up in front, and, like, half the airplanes crash into it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And this way, and when we watched it, it was like only two weeks into the government shutdown over the border wall. So we were like, ha, 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 they should just do that. And then now it's four weeks into the government yeah, shutdown. It's less and funny now. It's it's not as funny. But like all of a sudden, sudden giant. Yeah, sudden fence. giant, like ch- giant chain link. No, fence. it's not chain. It's like, it's like, it's like steel, like beams. Yeah, but it had like cross pieces. Yeah. It kind of like a chain link fence. And, and the way the, the hero protagonist gets through is by like raising the wing flaps. Yeah. It which I don't think is a thing that they have on airplanes that's not like kept on aircraft carriers, but yeah. whatever. Uh, and it works. <laughs> and it works. And he doesn't crash and die, which you would, would think would be what happened. But I, I suspect this movie is made by and for like people who exclusively know too much about fighter jets. <laughs> they do go into a lot of detail they go into explaining a lot the tech. of detail. And so it's like, oh, I heard that this model of plane could fly with the wing flaps up, but I've never thought to try it out. And so it's like, that's probably a real thing. <laughs> like, that's probably someone who's just spent like way too much time. So this is an anime for my stepdad then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, we talked about, like, we, we know people where it, if this movie was set on, like, dis- World War II destroyers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, this would be their favorite anime ever. Guys, <laughs> okay, you have to watch Elia 88. And it's, I'm sorry, I shouldn't make fun of it. They, they don't necessarily have lists. These people. These people. Uh, who, who would be interested in this hypothetical anime. Anyway. It's a real anime. It is a real anime. people who would be no. interested. I'm sure there are people who are interested in it because apparently like, uh, there's a big enough 
thing where it's like there there's an N- there's, there's like a Super Nintendo game. There's a Super Nintendo game. There was a remake. Yeah. Okay, but are there body pillows? Of the planes? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Of who's, the who's ever thought of that this before? Plane wife. Get get Dane Cook on the line. Let's see if we can uh, get the permission to get his likeness from the hit movie Planes. <laughs> you remember that? Remember when they did a spinoff to Cars and it was called Planes? Oh my god! And Dane Cook was Shut the main up. character. I try to forget every night. <laughs> oh god, yeah. Is there anything else to talk about with this movie? Because it's mostly just like there's I, like we, a, it's, we've it's, talked it's, about more about this movie than things that actually happened in this oh, movie. Oh, actually, no. You, there's one more thing that I want to talk about. Okay. Right. okay. And that is and that is the the main oh, character's inner, inner turmoil that is brought up like once every 45 minutes or so. Yeah. Uh, there, there was something else, though. <laughs> okay, well, okay, uh, I want to okay. finish talking about okay, this okay, and then okay, we'll okay. get to that one. So, so the main character... He's a good person. He doesn't want to kill, but he must. And so occasionally he'll have a line of dialogue that's like, I'm sorry, random fighter pilot on the other side of the war. I don't want to kill you, but it's the only way I can get back to her. And he'll say that, he'll pepper that line in again, like every 30 minutes or so to remind us that he's not actually a cold-blooded psychopathic killer. But he's a danger of becoming one. But then the rest of the movie is just him killing people for like without any sort of conflict about it so yeah yeah speaking of inner turmoil and like flashbacks because there's a lot of flashbacks to the different characters backstory we get vietnam flashbacks oh my god i forgot about the vietnam flashbacks (laughs) because i remember i was in the kitchen when it was happening i was thinking i was making myself another drink and from the other room, Alex and Elise just start screaming, Oh my god, Nick, you have to get in here! There's Vietnam flashbacks! And I went, What? <laughs> because, and, like, the best friend of the of the protagonist... Yeah, an American fighter pilot. Yeah, who was in Na- Nam. Nam, yeah. And when he got back, he couldn't adjust to civilian life. So, it's so like we- the Forever War, but dumb. <laughs> They sent Rambo back to Vietnam. It's smarter than those Rambo sequels, though. I will say that. On the level of, like, effects of, like, after effects of Vietnam, it is definitely above at least Rambo 3, but below uh, Forever War. That's my ranking ranking. of the Vietnam flashbacks. It's it's Rambo 3, um... Area 88, 88, and then Forever War. And then Forever War. Which doesn't actually reference which, Vietnam. Uh, not directly, but it's pretty on the nose. <laughs> Goodness. Uh, but yeah, no, so despite all that, it, you know, that's, we went into it expecting nothing less. It was than... actually better than I was expecting oh, it to yeah? be. I'm going to be perfectly yeah. honest. I mean, I was expecting a lot of trash, though. Yeah. I'm, I, I, was, I was expecting a hot garbage fire. I mean, so was I. And it was not like it. We we definitely are making fun of it a lot, but again, the animation is really beautiful. It is certainly aged, mm. like. Um, but if you can kind of, if you're into that like '80s, early '90s like anime aesthetic, it's pretty good um, for that. And I mean, honestly, the story's not awful. It's just a little overblown. Mm. It, it's very, especially if you list, if you watch it with the dub, which we did. Yeah. It is very like melodramatic yeah. and very over the top, which is all the fun that which we is have. all the fun yeah. that we have. Yeah. yeah, 
And again, the, the that that music, that like '80s not Kenny Loggins song, that opens and closes it is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's Area '88. Area '88. Um. So Elise and I went to go do something that uh, Alex. You weren't there for it, were you? I don't know. What is it? We went to go see Into the Spider-Verse. You didn't go with us. Well, I didn't go with you, but I did see it on my own. Oh, you did see it? Yeah, I saw it on Christmas. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we all saw Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. So what did we... I I really enjoyed Into the Spider-Verse. I thought it was a lot of fun. I really liked the story. I liked all the characters. Um, I felt like at least the three main... Um, which yeah. would be Gwen Peter Stacey. B. Parker, Gwen Stacy, and Miles Morales. Yeah. I thought like, they were really strong. They were really strong. They were mm-hmm. really well developed. They had some really good chemistry. Gwen Stacy like a little bit less than the other two. But... Uh, I mean, she's more she, she's more of a mystery kind of at the beginning of the story. She certainly doesn't get development until later on. Yeah. But when she comes in, she's very strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um. I don't know. What did you, what do you guys think? What I, did you guys think? It was really, really good. It might be my favorite Spider-Man movie at yeah. this point. I still haven't seen Homecoming. I, I think that's a recurring theme on this podcast now is yeah. that I still haven't seen Homecoming. Mm. But um, of the Spider-Man movies that I have seen, it is it is the best, I think. Yeah, yeah no no complaints here. Now, I haven't seen a whole lot of Spider-Man movies. Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man. I've seen your, the Ted Raimi movies, and that's basically it. Like, I haven't I even see. seen that. Okay. So, I don't have much to this base it off of. This is definitely better than the, sorry. Than the third. It's, it's better than the Raimi movies. I mean, they're the high watermark compared yeah. for, for what, like, because from what I understand about... Um, the amazing, the Spider-Man. amazing Spider-Man is that they don't, those. It don't was a pretty up. hot mess. Yeah. I, I will have you to did, say you didn't like the Turkish knockoff Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> How does it measure compared to Japanese Spider-Man? And I'm not talking about the one from the the TV show. I'm, ta- I'm not, not talking about the one from the movie. I'm talking about the TV show um, from the 70s, <laughs> where he's basically just a Sentai in a Spider-Man costume. How does it measure up against that? Uh yes, <laughs> <laughs> it compares to that. It compares to that. <laughs> um, should we go through the basic story? I mean, I th- of Into the Spider Verse. Are we just going to assume that like everybody who's listening to this podcast it, it, is like it's also nerdy and in the loop? It was actually, it, I was surprised by the story, honestly. Yeah, because like the 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 trailers just kind of had it. Oh. There was some sort of wacky mishap, and our universes all got mixed together. And then you find out that that wacky mishap comes from, like, Kingpin's tragic backstory. Yeah. And there's actually a lot of pathos. Yeah. And it's actually like, oh, this is entirely understandable. And then through that, what's his, John Mulaney or whoever it yeah, is, like, comes in his spider ham. And it's yeah. like, ah, oh, but it's like, yeah, but the Kingpin, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I does a really good job. I feel that's why I like it so much. It does a really excellent job of balancing the kind of goofier elements with like a really, it parts very intense story. Mm -hmm. I mean, the whole fight at the, do we want to do spoilers? Um, I don't know. I feel like at this point, this is the really sad thing about this, uh, that I'm not hearing people talk about this movie very much. Like I've heard more people talk about Aquaman, which I've heard Aquaman is also good. I haven't Mm -hmm. seen it yet. But, I mean, I think the reason that people aren't talking about it is because they all saw it and they all liked it. 
I, maybe. Yeah. It's like there's, there's nothing to, to say otherwise. I mean, I, I... I do think there were probably a lot of people that didn't go see it because it was, in, I think, a lot of, like... Right. Hardcore, or hardcore... Um, people that are, like, really into the Marvel movies, I don't think... I think there's a large swath of them that didn't see it because it is an animated movie. Mm. Um, but, I mean, like Nick, some... like Nick said, like, the pathos... Um, Pen, uh, Kingpin's whole story is really... It it is it it held its own, I would say, against like a live action movie. And you say it's anime. I mean, that is some good animation. Oh my right. god, that, yeah. like, that style was pretty good. Now, in my viewing, I think the projector may have been a little bit wonky. Yeah, it, it looked yeah. a little blurry in the corners, and I, I, that might be the projector, or it could be something wrong with the. I don't know. I will have to watch it again, like on DVD. Because I think or we saw it at the same theater. Uh, maybe. But. Okay, we'll talk about that later. But yeah. um. I really like that, like, every Spider-Man, even the the more kind of normal ones, like Gwen Stacy and Peter B. Parker, they all had their own animation, animation style. style mm. I, I heard this one the other day, and I don't know if it's true or not. I heard that uh, the Gwen Stacy character was actually animated at like a smoother frame rate than the other characters huh. hmm. neat so like like she actually had more frames per second in her animation than any of the other characters though. Huh. interesting yeah <laughs> like i don't know if that's true or not but it's like that is that is some polish there that <laughs> yeah. is some that is some freaking attention to detail yeah and uh and, and it's interesting how they all, like, even though you have so many different types of Spider-Man, they all, like, hit the same beat. So, like, if there's at one point, um, yeah, I guess we're just getting into spoiler territory. Yeah, spoilers. Spoilers. Um, you should see this movie. Yeah, You should see honestly it. see it. Um, all right. With that said, you've been warned. Um, so, they have to stop the Kingpin's, like, evil whatever the thing that's making all the dimensions go crazy. Um, and his tragic backstory is that like he built this so that way he could get his da uh, his wife, wife and, son. and son back um, because they found out that he was an evil villain and they had the best response ever, which was to get in their car and drive away, mm -hmm. which I feel like is the response you should have when you find out that your spouse is a super is villain. But unfortunately they end up getting hit by a truck um and they die instantly in the car crash and kingpin of course blames spider-man and kingpin blames spider-man as opposed to like himself and his own dumb actions mm -hmm. um so he's creating this like a splicer i guess like universe splicer so that way he could go to a different universe and get his and wife. get his wife and his son um <laughs> i'm just trying to imagine like what's he gonna do to convince them to come with him like I, right and like what like what's stopping that other kingpin in the other universe from like stopping this kingpin? Which is from which like... is the point that like that Spider Man like Peter Parker's yeah. Spider Man keeps trying to make is that um, the the original so I don't want to get get into that because this is kind of a big twist but the Peter Parker I mean it happens early on I know but it's still a, it was a big twist the Peter Parker Spider Man is talking to him at one point early in the movie and he's like they're gone. Like you, like even if you get someone that's not your wife and child, that's somebody else. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> so I don't know. I really, I really thought that there was a lot of really beautiful, like touching moments in it. Um, the Aunt May character is fucking. She's great. great. Uh, have you guys seen the? Oh, can I 
to finish one thing though. Yeah. Um. So what I was saying, like, even though all the characters are really disparate and like they're all animated in their own way, I like that they all had a very like similar thread. Yes. And so mm-hmm. one beat that happens is it's like, well, one of us is gonna have to stay behind and watch everybody else like go into their go back to their own home universe um so which one of us is going to stay behind and like they all go i'll stay behind like they're all like like without, like, hesitation. They'll, without hesitation will yeah. self-sacrifice and so i thought it was like a really nice thing to put in there about like even though they're all different they all have very like same core values and they're very like fundamentally yeah um kind of the same person um what I really appreciated about it, um, oh, God. oh no, I remember what I was gonna say. About so on May. Uh, May, yeah. So did you guys see the fan theory about yes. uh, Aunt May and Doc Ock? Yes. No, I did not. Okay, so Elise is familiar with this, but but Alex is not. Okay, so they uh, there is a throwaway line in um, in the movie. Well, okay, so we're already in spoilers. So yeah, yeah. There's a character who is revealed to be Dr. Octopus, who I think is a unique interpretation of Dr. Octopus to this movie. I don't think that this character has ever appeared in any other media. Um, so there's a character named, what is, her, her name's Olivia, right? Yeah. 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 And, and so. Or you, Octavia. Octavia. Octavia instead of. Um, yeah. Is it, is it Octavia? Octavius is, it's Otto Octavius is the actual Dr. Octopus. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think, think it's Olivia. Olivia I think it's Olivia Octavius. Okay. Um, and so she, uh, we don't know that she's Doctor Octopus. She's talking to Peter Parker. She seems like the she, mousy, det- you know, scientist that's just yeah, gonna yeah. do what the Kingpin says. And then you find out that she does this he- sudden heel turn. And you find out that she's a villain. And and Spider Man's like, oh, well, Peter's like, oh, do your friends call you Doctor Octopus? And she's like, no. My enemies call me that, and my friends call me Liv or Olivia. Yeah. Uh, whatever the line. Liv. It's, my, my friends, friends call, call me Liv. Liv. And then later on in the movie, there's a part where they're at Aunt May's house trying yeah. to regroup, and Dr. Octopus comes in, and Aunt May goes, Oh, great, it's Liv. <laughs> As if they're already acquainted. Yeah. Now, that could just be a throwaway line. Yeah. But some people have pointed out that in a few Spider-Man storylines, Dr. Octopus and uh, Aunt May have actually been involved in a romantic relationship in some storylines. And so the fa- that throwaway line mixed with the fact that Aunt May calls her Liv... There's a, some people who have interpreted this to be that Aunt May and this Dr. Octopus have also dated at some point in the past. Because this Aunt May is a lot younger um, and she's around the same age or appears to be roughly the same age as this Dr. Octopus. So it'd be possible. I suppose. It'd be a thing, you know, after after Aunt Ben dies, you know, like... Aunt Ben? Yeah, uh, Aunt, Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben. You know what I mean. Whatever. I had, yeah. Yeah. Like, Anyway, so it's possible entirely. Um, I know I'd not heard that fan theory. Yes. Yeah. No, I really. I mean, they I really could like just it. have been friends. They so. could just have been <laughs> friends, but the, the and that's kind of the way that the line is played off. Yeah. But the again, the fact that in comics canon there is has been a romantic relationship between those characters, kind of adds that extra like maybe. Yeah. Mm. So that's kind of fun. Um. 
The other thing that I want to talk about with this movie is uh, the background jokes. Background mm-hmm. jokes are real strong. Yes. Um, particularly the the bit where you see in the background of uh, of Times Square, there's a poster for Clone College. The sequel to Clone High. The sequel to Clone High. Which make was it in- happen. Give yes. them the money to make this happen. Give the people what they want. Give me what I want. No one else gives a shit about this show. <laughs> lots of lots of people care about Clone High. Like lots. Only of because you tell them about it. No. Yeah. Okay, so there's like a sliver. You're too yo- you're too young <laughs> to understand this. Alex, oh, but I invaded her Bay of Pigs. There was, if you know what I there mean, there was a large like sloth of us nerds in like because it came out in like two thousand three, somewhere around there, early aughts. It was early aughts, so like if you were in, if you were like a nerdy ass kid in high school, in like high school, late middle school, because I think I watched it in eighth grade, you were into this show, like. I remember, like, people quoting it at lunch. So when I was 10, you know? yes. So when you were 10. So that's why I'm saying, like, <laughs> you were too young. young. Oh, yeah. You missed it. There was, like, a window of opportunity for, like, if you were, like, between 13 and 17, this was it. And it ended on a horrendous cliffhanger. Yep. And it never I came back I actually forgot for about second. the cliffhanger until we, we, we rewatched it recently. We never, you know, and it never got renewed. And it's one of those things that's been kind of in development hell. And, like, the... um. Is one of our cats throwing up? Okay, sorry. We should edit that out. But um, the the creators of of Clone Eye, it's like a passion project for it. Yeah. They passion passion project for them. They love it. They really want to bring it and back. They're and the so, people who create who did the Lego Movie and Lego Batman and Into the Spider Verse. So like now they have clout. Give them the money. Make the project happen. I don't like this is why we have Kickstarter though. Right. Like it sucks. But they don't need it. It's such a They've had use. in the last yeah. five years, they have had four huge hit movies. Yeah. That everybody loves that are critical darlings. Give them the money to make Clone College. I want Clone it. Clone State. Clone College. Everyone's gonna No, 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 because yeah, in, in in canon the, it's, it's called, called Clone, Clone State. State. I know. Everybody expects me to get into Clone State, Abe. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so, like, the main character, just a quick sidebar. Uh, the main characters of Clone High for the uninitiated. First of all, it's all on YouTube for free because the creators don't give a fuck. Um, but the main characters are Gandhi, Abe Lincoln, and Joan of Arc. And then their adversaries slash love interest are JFK and Cleopatra. <laughs> And Cleopatra and JFK are like their high school it couple. It's anyway, it's great. Just it's, go watch it. It's basically Dawson's Creek, but like it's, self-aware and they're all clones. And they're all clones of famous in, people from the history. Because in the in the 1980s, secret, secret government, government employees dug up famous dudes and ladies and made them using genetic copies. And that is that's the opening. <laughs> and now song. their clones are sexy teens. teens. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, so but there was more background in the Spider-Verse. Yeah, there's yeah, there yeah. were more jokes in the background of Spider-Verse. Yeah, like the the two references to the old animated cartoon. Mm-hmm. Not including the uh the, the after card. credits sequence. Oh, that, that was missed. one of the two. Oh, that's one of the two. Uh, okay. Yeah. Also Yeah, you should just watch it just for the end card. And I feel God. like we should make a pact to not spoil yeah. the end card. Like if you left during credits. That's me. Like yeah. 
I've spoiled We're it not for gonna, Alex earlier. Oh, damn it. Okay. But for, <laughs> I for have our permission. listeners, like, don't, like, go see it. Go watch the end credits. It's amazing. The I... whole thing is fucking great. Why is that now just, like, the standard thing nowadays? Because Mar- Marvel does it. Yeah. And Marvel made a shit ton of money. Because so Marvel, Marvel made an empire on, dude, did you stay through the credits? Yeah. Did you watch? Did you see Nick Fury? Yeah, but does that what mean, Nick Fury showed up? Yeah, man. Does, yeah, does that just, mean I have to buy into that empire though? I, no, it doesn't necessarily mean it's part it. of your cultivated but, identity, but according to Peter you're, Goffin. You're asking why this is a thing, and I'm giving you the answer about why this is a thing. Sure, sure. I'm not saying that it's always great. I when it's good, I think it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. I I think like I enjoy those things for people who stick yeah. around through it. I don't. I it feels don't, like you're being rewarded for right. watching everyone's names. I don't feel like it should be in every movie. I don't even really, honestly, at this point, I don't feel like it should be in every like comic book movie. Yeah. Because like there are some of them where it's just like you, you didn't. Well, yeah. then maybe they should have like a little note that says "stick around for the." <laughs> hey, true believers. I, th- I think it's just like a word of mouth. It's like, if, yeah. if you're really into it, if you're a true believer, like you'll stay around. Yeah, I, I think yeah. that's probably part of it. And again, this is one that I really did feel like it was worth it to stick Ooh. through the credits. Like it it, it was probably oh, my yeah. favorite part of the entire movie. Okay. Um, and that's not to say that the, the, rest, the rest of the movie wasn't great. It's just that I is. did not see it coming. Yeah. And I was so, it, it, Pushed all of my 90s kids buttons. Which uh, is, uh, a.k.a. sad adult buttons. Yep, sad, it pushed all my sad adult... But it turned my sad adult buttons into happy child <laughs> buttons, which is basically all I need to get me through yes. my life. Oh, um, <laughs> Millennials are screwed. Yeah, no, we're fucked, man. Yeah. Um, but it, it was it was really great. It was really good. Um, and it was it was kind of sort of a stinger for, like, like maybe a setup for a sequel. If they go that route for the sequel, I will be super pleased. If it's also just a like a one-off you know, joke, you know they're getting a sequel. Oh, I'm not. I'm sure that they will, but I'm saying it, I don't know if that the they're plot gonna is going right, to plot. If they go that route for the sequel, I'll be very pleased. I if it was also yeah. just a one-off joke, I will still be very happy about it. But God, the characters that they had in that Stinger sequence, I want them so bad for the sequel. <laughs> yeah. I want that so bad. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I really... Um, I felt like they were getting a sequel when, at the end, after everybody goes back to their own dimensions, then, like, Gwen Stacy... And Miles Morales have like a brief conversation, mm-hmm. and it's like, "Hey, Miles," and I was like, "Yeah, okay, they're getting a sequel." Yeah, um, or a TV show, which honestly, like, I kind of want to bring back I've, this serious kid TV show. I've actually, I think serious I've heard that there's there's talk about that. But I I feel like if they do that, then it'll take away from any chance of doing clone. No, clone high, no, so. no, no, because they're two different things. Say what? Say what? You know what? They need to make a black and tan sequel. That's what <gasps> oh my sequel. god, black and tan! And what are you, what are you gonna you call, call it, it, Gandhi? <laughs> black and tan. <laughs> you know, no, it's you know uh, what I'm gonna call it. Call it? Black, black and tan. tan. Black, black and tan. tan. <laughs> um. Okay. Sorry. There's an episode where there's a film festival. And Gandhi and George Washington, and George Carver, Washington Carver. Carver make a buddy cop movie called Black and Tan. Okay. Called black and tan. <laughs> it's good. It's like, you're a cool, cool black cop from America, and I'm a hot, wise-talking uh, cop from New Delhi, India. 
Like, yeah. There's a part for the talking peanut. Okay. Yeah, because, like, in this version, like, George Washington Carver, for some reason, has, like, an animated peanut that, like, he's friends with. It's, like, his pet hamster. Yep. Anyway, I'm sorry. You have got to watch this show. <laughs> I, I The more so you talk ridiculous. about it, the less I want to see it. <laughs> it's, like, it is the epitome of irreverence. Like... They they do not give a shit. Nothing but um, nothing but uh, pancake batter and blue tape and blue paint. Uh, uh, anyway. Anyway. Um. So, what else do we? Was there anything yeah, else? I saw Mary Poppins, but I don't know if anybody gives a shit about Mary Poppins. Let's listen to your rant about Mary Poppins. Oh yeah, I want I want to hear about Mary Poppins. <laughs> what rant about Mary Poppins? You did all of them. Oh my god. Oh my god. I just. I have a lot of feelings, so I have a confession to make. I have a confession to make. Okay. Now that I got that out of my system. Thank you, you, Foo Fighters, which I don't know if that joke translated because I was really bad at singing that. Okay, so I was a fucking theater kid. I don't know if this was obvious, but I just... I had no idea. I know, right? It's such a shocker. Um, But I I was a theater kid. I was a theater kid... Who went on to be a theater major? God, I really hate myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so like I went and saw Mary Poppins Returns. So like I have, I have, I get feelings about musicals, um, especially movie musicals. So it was interesting that it, this is not a, this is an original movie musical sort of okay like yes it is a sequel but there is no broadway version with that said it is absolutely a two and a half hour pitch for when we do this on broadway we will so things that i'll go into things that bother me the caveat of all of this is like i fucking cried like a baby um ben wishaw's first solo where he's singing um, about missing his dead wife. I just, I sobbed. I sobbed horrendously throughout this whole movie, but I still have fucking problems with it. <laughs> okay, so the, so Mary Poppins Returns. Do you guys want to hear the plot? Sure. Okay, so the plot of Perry, Mary Poppins Returns. Perry Moppins. Perry, Perry Poppins. <laughs> Perry Poppins. <laughs> God damn it. Um, Perry Mason Returns. So it is, it is like, some number of years later, um, and the far-flung future of the nineteen thirties. Yes, the nineteen thirties. You can tell by the style of hats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they also like they do like a title card that's like um, the Great Slump. They're talking about the Great Slump, so the Great Depression in England, and um, you, the two kids are all grown up. The parents have died. They live in the house. Uh, ben Wishaw, who plays the son, Michael. Um, it's him and he's a widower. He recently lost, lost his wife. He has three kids. He still employed the housekeeper and they're trying not to lose the house because he took out like a loan to kind of pay for expenses. He's a struggling artist. Did she die of the influenza? Probably. Um, it's like not said. She's just, she, 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 di- di- she dies of dead. being a Disney wife. Yeah, um. exactly. Exactly. You're a Disney mom. You're dead. All right. Does Belle have a mom? No. Does Ariel have a mom? No. You don't get a fucking mom. All right. Like Bambi had a mom. Bambi Look how had, that turned like, out. 
Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so like the three kids and Wait, the two. Wait, hold on. Sidebar: Is Simba the only Disney character who has a mom who makes it to the end? Merida. Who? Yeah, from Merida. That whole, oh, the whole right. thing the whole about that. Oh, uh, true. Wait, but that's a Pixar movie, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so I know they're te- Disney Pixar. Disney Pixar, but still, I, I'm, I'm. <laughs> I'm not gonna allow it. Okay, fine. <laughs> okay, you are the judge excluded. You are the, the arbiter of of, of of Disney in the court of Disney. in the court of dead Disney parents. Um. So anyway, the sorry, like Sleeping Beauty, both of those parents. Yeah, but are, fuck her parents, because her parents sold her off to some fucking fairies. Right. All right. <laughs> so fuck them. And they forgot to invite the evil queen. Yeah. So they're like, oh like, man, seriously? maybe this is gonna be like bite us in the ass. Maybe we should. We should at least send an invitation. You send an invitation. She's send an invitation. Give you a gift. Send an invitation right? so that she can re- deny it, so she yeah. can say no, yeah, can't yeah. make it. But she'll still send you a gift. I mean, it's a fucking baby shower. Like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> um, I know how society works. Anyway, <laughs> sorry to go, so, to go back to telling us about this. Okay, so um, so it's the Great Depression. Ben Wishaw took out a bunch of money. Now he has to pay it back. They're gonna repossess the house. He has three kids. The two older kids are, like, very grown up. And the younger one is, like, trying to hang on to his childhood. Um, so he invites, Emily he invites his two buddies from college to come help him raise his kids. Oh, my God. In their, in their home in San Francisco. Yes. No. Sorry. So Emily Mortimer um, plays the sister um, all grown up and she's like basically an old maid at like 32 or whatever because that's this is as you do as you do she's basically dead she's basically dead I mean she's got one foot in the grave um, Lin-Manuel Miranda plays not Dick Van Dyke's character which is kind of nice um, but rather Dick Van Dyke's apprentice mm. um, and he's a lamplighter as opposed to a chimney sweep then why would he be his apprentice if they could, do two different trades he, I, I don't it, it's not the apprentice up. for the right. chimney sweep it's part it's the, agenda, it's the apprentice for being the charming cockney person yeah okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> which oh my god he cannot do a cockney all right, accent alright Jeremy you have to learn <laughs> rhyming slang <laughs> So many things with this movie. Okay, sorry. Oh, God, that's right. It's all like, watch, like I was like, I don't have a rant about Mary Poppins. And now it's like all coming back to me. And I'm like, oh, my God. Other things that I was upset about. Okay, so first of all, Lin-Manuel Miranda cannot do a Cockney accent. And it really fucking bothers me because he slips into an American accent when he holds a note too long. It's like he holds, he holds like a song and he starts off really Cockney. And then he'll hold a note and it slips into American. And it's like... No, obviously everybody was like, I'm not telling, I'm not telling the creator of Hamilton to like, to, to fix his accent. Are you going to tell him? I'm not going to tell him. And so like, obviously nobody in the fucking sound booth like said like, Hey, could you uh, hold your Cockney accent? Like, fuck you. Anyway, (laughs) get it together. So, um, so he plays the, the, the lamplighter. Um, he's also the love interest for Emily, which was kind of nice. Um, he it, And then, so they're going through all of these troubles, and one day, out of the sky, knowing that she is needed, Mary Poppins returns. Title card! Okay. Um, and so basically, it's like... <laughs> she, you know, she's teaching the family... Um, and hold on to... So she's teaching the family through song and dance um, the importance of being together. It's a it, 
I was like, when I was watching it, I sobbed horrendously. Um, things that bothered me about the movie in no particular order. Um, the fucking lamplighter scene. So the whole movie is kind of swimming along, swimming along, swimming along, and then it grinds to a halt. So that way we can have this ridiculous Newsies style dance sequence with all of the lamplighters in London who have their own version of rap now, apparently. (laughs) And it's like... Look, white British people invented rap, Elise. Just deal with it. And it's called Leary Speak. And the children are like, what's Leary Speak? Lin-Manuel Miranda? And it's like, (laughs) why children? It's rap that white audiences can tolerate. And that's literally what it is. It's like, they're just... It's... Would you say what? It's it's fucking Hamilton. It's Hamilton. So we screech to a halt. So that way we can have this newsy style Hamilton remix. I would like to inform the audience at home that this is how much Elise hates this movie is that she now retroactively doesn't like Hamilton. Fuck you. I still love Hamilton. Okay, never mind. Okay. But she's criticizing Hamilton. But I'm criminal. I will criticize Hamilton. Um, Criminalizing Hamilton. So it grinds to a halt. And then, like, the whole time I'm watching it, it's done on a Broadway set that was put on a Hollywood soundstage. Like, if you're looking at the set, like, you like you see the flats. You see where they have things coming up, and, and they use all practical effects for the, the, for the lamplighters. Um, the, like, Speak a Little Leary or whatever the fuck the song's called. Which, by the way, none of the songs are memorable. And everybody's like, I remember the last song. I'm like, you remember half. The lyric, like, it's because it was last. It's the last thing. Yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, but like, I remember, like, really quickly. Like, I walked out of the theater and I went to use the restroom, and while I was using the restroom, I was humming "Human" again from the Beauty and the Beast (laughs) on Broadway soundtrack, (laughs) and I was like, "Yeah, that's how fucked up your musical is." Is like, I couldn't even hold it in my head (laughs) to like go take a piss. Like, that's (laughs) fuck you. Anyway. So the original movie was like really endearing, right? Because it was all of these amazing special effects that like nobody had ever seen before. And so it was really animated penguins dancing with humans. Right. Like, what is this? This is the future. And it was really interesting in this one. Instead, it was all practical effects. And I think the reason why they had this whole scene in there is because like Lin-Manuel Miranda was like, we got to put this in here because, like, this is what we're going to use to sell this because you know that shit's going to off-Broadway. Like, you know that shit's going to Broadway or it's going... It's If it did really poorly, it's going to open in West End and then move to Broadway. <laughs> like, but it's... You know, and then in, like, three to five years, like, every fucking high school in America is going to be doing this... doing this particular musical. And, um... And because, like, in the lamp lighting scene... They do all the practical effects. And so it's very much like, okay, when we do it on Broadway, like we'll pull Mary Poppins bicycle and we'll like have these guys, you know, doing these things. And this is what the set will look like. And, and they do these really like weird, unnecessary camera angles. And there's no reason for it because like I said, like the whole thing is just done on a Broadway set that's been dropped on a soundstage for no reason. But it's a movie. So we got to do something. Right. It's a movie. So we better throw in some Dutch angles for no reason. And so, like, and also Gary Marshall is just not that great of a director. I'm sorry. So that the, the that was, like, one of the big things that really bothered me. Um, 
I thought it was interesting that like it is very much a baby boomers idea of what it means to have a diverse cast. Mm-hmm. Um, which I feel like they've been getting a lot of I mean he's got Lynn Moran Moran But that's the thing, is like who the fuck else who the fuck else would you have gotten to be Exactly Wayne like, like Brady. Like, like, I mean, the only other if this movie was ten years ago, it would have been, been Wayne Brady. Brady. That's fair. That's fair. It's it come out in two thousand eight. Yeah. yeah, get little John. <laughs> but like, I was sitting there and I was thinking, and it was like, you know, it's like, oh well, it's it's Lin Manuel Miranda. Like, that's diversity, and it's like you that's, got that's the guy. Tokenism. It's tokenism. Yeah, exactly. It's tokenism, and um. And it's like, who else? I mean, the only other person I could think that has Lin-Manuel Miranda's both star power and Broadway clout and with a voice would be Josh Groban. But his voice would be completely inappropriate for this and it would have completely overpowered um, Emily Blunt, who has like a who has like a good voice, um, who has a serviceable, serviceable voice. But you have to think of like blending like Lin-Manuel Miranda. Like I'm going to. OK, hot take. He's not the best singer. Like he's a really great composer. He's not the best singer. Um, he's and a rapper. like he doesn't have to be. Yeah, but it's also like he's all, he was also in the revival of Merrily We Roll Along in 2012, which was by Sondheim. Um, but he plays like the character that really does a lot of speak singing. And so anyway, he he's just he's he's like a decent singer, and he blends well with Emily Blunt. You know who like, should have gotten Russell Crowe. The voice on that man. Voice of an angel. (laughs) A drunken... (laughs) 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 Phone-throwing angel. Um, Old Testament angel. (laughs) (laughs) Be not afraid. Um, You know, I believe Russell Crowe is the voice of, like, a lion's head surrounded by, like, two dozen wings. Yeah. On fire. I believe it. All right. So <laughs> I'd pay a ticket for that musical. So like I said, like Josh Groban would have completely overpowered Emily Blunt. And he's the only person, like I was racking my brain. I was like, I feel like he's the only person that you could have gone instead of Lin-Manuel. But obviously Lin-Manuel Miranda is going to be the producer when it goes to Broadway or the West End, depending on how well they did. Um, I think they did pretty well. Broadway it is. Yeah. So so that happens. So it's re- it really is tokenism because like the so they end up putting like one of the one of the lawyers there. So other so there's seven principal roles, right? You've got Mary Poppins, which okay, I can see why you would want somebody who's white because Julie Andrews originated the role, and you want to keep some consistency. Sure, why not? She regenerated. She regenerated. Yeah. You know, I I don't know. If I, I don't. Know. She's obviously a time lord. Um. There's the housekeeper, there's the three children, there's Ben Wishaw, and there's Emily Mortimer. And Lin-Manuel. So there's like eight people that are the principals. What about the bird lady? And there's no bird lady in this one. And I was like, I was thinking, and I was like, you know, if you... And then there's a bunch of featured roles um, that they threw in there, like the secretary and the lawyer, and they made them black. But they don't make anybody... This is like a weird alternative universe where they... They make no mentions of race, even though it is 1930s London. And I'm like, you know, if you're going to do that, which I get like a lot of theaters do kind of take that take where they'll just be like, we're in an alternate universe where race didn't matter in this time period, which, you know, okay, whatever, whatever you want to do. I don't really care. I mean, I care, 
which is why I'm ranting about this. Um, but I'm saying like, if you're going to do that, you need to fucking commit to it. And if they wanted to do that, then they should have made the three kids of mixed race and implied that Ben's Ben Wishaw's wife was Indian. I would have, I would have really liked it if they had implied that Ben Wishaw's wife was Indian and cast like three biracial Indian kids in the, in the roles of the children. Um, that would have been my ideal casting for this. And I think that they would have been really committed, um, much more committed to, to, to diversity than like it ended up being, it really ended up being just a matter of tokenism. Yep. Cause like the, it's the Disney. main, the main villain was played by Colin Fair, uh, Firth. Um, Lynn Manuel had like a buddy that was also probably Puerto Rican who I was watching and I was like, you're from Hamilton, aren't you? Um, but yeah, one more thing about the Newsies scene though. And then I think I might be done. Was Christian Bale in it? Um, it no, he wasn't. But I was definitely watching this and I made the joke to my friend. I was like, I feel like when they were all like in between takes, everybody was like, man, this is like the time that I was on Newsies on Broadway. Oh, my God. You were in Newsies. I was in the touring company of Newsies. Oh, my God, guys. I was in the West End version of Newsies. Yes, I was <laughs> like it, it is beat for beat. Newsies reunion. It is a Newsies reunion. Um. Anyway, yeah, like it's it's good. I cried like a baby. The music really bothered me. I apparently have more things to rant about. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, the the music really bothered me because you could kind of t- so they got the guy who did up to do the music, mm. who is a really good composer. But writing a musical is very different than like writing yeah, cinematic score. like scores. Um, and you could tell in the score that he took a lot of inspiration from the that golden age of Broadway, which very much was the original Mary Poppins. Um, like you could tell that he took a lot of inspiration from that. And um in the cinematic scoring of it. But the songs, there is a Disney Broadway sound and it is Alan Goddamn Mencken. And so everything has to sound like Alan Goddamn Mencken, who you might be like, why are you saying goddamn every time you mention his name, Elise? And it's like, because he's in the same school of thought as like Tim Rice and Lloyd, uh, Lloyd, Andrew Lloyd Webber and all those assholes from the 80s and the early 90s writing all those schlocky musicals. And and so like it, I just it, it was like somebody somebody went to him and it was like, ah. I need you to make this more like, you know, Aladdin. And it's like, no, I really took this from, you know, I took inspiration from the original music. It's like, fucking make it more like Mankin. <laughs> End of note. And then they just storm out. And this guy is like crying over his score that he's worked so hard on. I think it's like what happened, at least in my head canon. Um, so that that also really bothered me. Because so- like I said, like when I left, I was humming a different I was humming an Alan Menken song at the end <laughs> so are you now writing a uh, Mary Poppins Returns fan fiction not about the show sure. but about the behind the scenes <laughs> <laughs> oh hell yeah it's like Gary Marshall doing a bunch of coke and being like alright guys when we go to Broadway and Lynn manuel being like you think we're gonna go to Broadway I think we should start on the west end 
no, Broadway or bust, baby. I think you need to put down the coke, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe you should stop smoking so much. Anyway, um, that yeah, I might. I might just write a fan fiction about what I thought happened behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. All right, guys. So I think that might be a Shit, podcast. are we going to end on my Mary Poppins rant? Yeah, no, that was good. Okay, All right. Thank you. I've got, I, I've got some things that I'm percolating on, but I might talk about that mm. next week. Yeah. Um, speaking of what's coming up, what we're percolating on, um, we will be at MarsCon this weekend. In scenic Williamsburg, Virginia, January 18th through the 20th. No. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 18th yeah, through the 20th, 20th. at right, the yeah. Doubletree Hotel. Yep. yep. Doubletree. We'll be out on the streets shouting at anyone who will listen to us. Yep. Yeah. So if you want to come here. Uh... Here as we fumble through social human interactions. Yep. Oh, God. Oh, God. We're so bad at those. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Do they have a bar there? I yeah, they do. I think. Sweet. Maybe. <laughs> so Probably. we're going to be doing we're gonna be doing some panels. Yep. We're going to be walking uh, Friday around. Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be... Friday at 8 o'clock, uh, Alex will be leading us through talking about uh, what would the, uh, I can't remember the name of your panel, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. If you go sorry. to. If you go to MarsCon.com. Indian, it's American Indian folklore. Supernatural. And supernatural yeah. Something, something. At 11 o'clock, we're going to be reading some of our favorite fan fiction. Oh, man, guys, we found some good ones. We, I'm be pretty voices. excited. I'm going to be doing my Skeletor impression. <laughs> Even when we're not talking about Skeletor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially when we're not talking about Skeletor. Um, and then, at noon on Saturday, I'm doing one about young adult literature and youth activism. And uh, we're going to be following that up with, which is the one after that? Is that mine? That's mine. Uh, so we're going to be following that up with me leading us through talking about uh, shapeshifters and changelings and doppelgangers. Uh, it's going to mostly just be an excuse for me to talk about the thing and uh, Mulholland Drive. But yeah, we'll get some other stuff in there probably. Yeah. And then we're going to be ending it all off with us all kind of working together to talk about uh, the <laughs> wide world of... Harry Potter and how it makes no I, goddamn sense. I'm going to be contributing my absolute lack of any sort of knowledge about Harry Potter in this conversation, so it's going to be great. And Elise is going to be fact-checking. Oh, God. Yeah. I'm going to be fact-check, fat, fact-checking yeah. all of our assertions about Harry Potter. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. unfortunately, a lot of them are going to be like, yeah, no, she doesn't and, really know And I've been that. going crazy trying to get this all set up. So I, I'm really worried. Like, I, I half expect every time you see Alex now to, like, Come with a rolling cork board where, like, there are tons of pictures Who's on it. And, like, they're like just red, red yarn connecting a bunch of things. And it's like and the it's next like, picture connects- of JK Rowling in the center <laughs> with a question mark. Is like, like there's like over here is like Gorbachev, yeah. and, like- and there's like, don't trust her lies. <laughs> Wizarding Czechoslovakia, the world of Harry yeah. Potter. That's where we're going to close Go- out the day. Google MarsCon. Um, we're looking forward to it. I think it's going to yeah. be a lot of fun. I'm a little nervous, but, you know, it's going to be fun. I think. And also, I don't think they allow conventions to happen in places without bars. So okay. I think we're covered. I, I, I feel like that is a... I, I feel like at the very <laughs> least, I need to have a couple of drinks in me before we start reading some of those fan fictions. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. 11 o'clock. If, you're, if you are in Williamsburg, Virginia... Um, or nearby, yeah, or, or nearby. nearby. Yeah. Come on out and join us. Who the fuck 
cares about that place. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, co- come on by. Come on down. Um, and if you can't make it, then join us again in two weeks, and we will tell you all about what happened. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and and maybe we're going to try to record some of our... Or should I not I promise think, that? I don't think that's going to happen this time around, but maybe Damn next it. time. Maybe, okay. ne- maybe if they invite us back, if we don't like burn down the hotel. Um, oh, God. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we're... On our... that ominous note. <laughs> all right. So, my name's Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Elise. And we've been some nerds of a podcast. Good night, everybody. Good night.